Um, hello, everybody. I'm Krishi Sampath, founder of Healthopedia, and I am pleased to welcome all of you to our third official interview with Dr. Rashima Varma regarding mental health care and awareness. First of all, Ms. Rashima, thank you so much for coming. And I'm sure you're welcome. So, why don't you start off by telling a little bit about yourself? Okay. So good afternoon, everyone. And I'd like to introduce myself. So my name is Ashima Varma. I have worked as a school counselor at the senior wing at the FO School Delhi for eight years. And currently I'm working as the personal and social educator at Malaya Aditi International School in Bangalore. And so the role primarily involves counseling. And since I am a psychology professional, so I will be sharing a little bit of my views about mental health today. Yeah. Okay, so now that we're talking about mental health care, before we proceed, let's just establish what we mean when we say health. Okay, so for starters, uh, I think whenever anybody hears the term health and whenever even I as a student or as a person would hear the term health, my first immediate response would be physical health. And the only thing that will come to my mind is something to do with exercise something to do with my eating pattern, some illness or some disformity, because that is how somebody expects health to be spoken of. So even when our parents are telling us that, okay, do you feel healthy? Do you feel fine? The first response that they're seeking from us is something which is very visible. They're only, only focusing on maybe the physical aspect of maybe our body. They're not focusing too much on how we are feeling. Whenever we talk about health and we have to remember that health is a holistic term. It's not something that has to do only with the way you look, the way you appear, the way you're eating things or how you're behaving, but it also has to do with how you're feeling internally. So health is something a lot more holistic and a lot more comprehensive. And a lot of times, most of us end up only looking at the visible aspect of our body and our health. And we try to take care of that rather than talking about maybe the root cause of what is actually making us feel good or bad. So that also should be under the ambit of the definition of health entirely. So usually what happens is when you tell somebody I'm going to a psychologist or I have a mental illness, you get a pretty extreme reaction. So you have any thoughts about that? Okay, so I think this is by far something that has been discussed so many times by I think everyone. And yet I think it still remains an area which needs a lot of awareness even till date. And I think it will still need it for maybe the next coming decade also. So whenever we hear the term mental health or counseling or psychology or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, the first immediate response we get is what is wrong with this person? That there is something clearly wrong with this person or there is something deviant or something which is amiss. And usually a normal or genuine response is that we start feeling a little scared about the person also. We don't know how this person might act. We think like, okay, this person may do something harmful or maybe this person is vulnerable or is too emotional or too sensitive. And we become extremely careful about these terms around that person. But mental health professionals and counselors simply have an idea and we understand that it comes from a long set of conditioning also in the past because we know that it's been ages since this term mental health has been associated with psychology or with counseling. And even the term mental in itself, it means that it's something to do with deviancy. It has to do with something psychotic, something negative. So the connotation itself represents something entirely negative, which it's not. So whenever we talk about mental health, 
it's always best to maybe link it as mental health professionals so that it should be something which is accessible and something as approachable as going to a doctor. It should not feel like going to somebody who needs extra help and this person cannot manage their life well. So the perception attached to it is a result of a lot of conditioning over the years, which has come through a lot of factors, whether it's our family systems or the way our media shows it, or even the fact that we see it every day and we consume it every day as part of our television shows. So all this plays a role in creating a wrong and a skewed perception of mental health today. So just before this, you were talking about how this awareness, how we will need awareness even for the next decade. Do you quickly mind explaining the importance of mental health care? Because most of the time, this is overlooked. Right. So I think the first thing that uh, we must understand is that and if, even if I look back, I think most of the schools today will ideally have either a counselor or they will have a position of somebody who's there as a caretaker or a caregiver. So that's important to understand that even when schools realize that every student today, even if you're in elementary, even if you're in the middle school, every child today is going through a lot of changes, whether it's through the pandemic, whether it's through a general progression of school life, every person is evolving. And that's when your emotions and your identities are being developed. If at that time you're not realizing that maybe there are a lot of emotions going through our minds and our brains, and if we don't have the right person to guide us or maybe even a channel to simply vent it out, then maybe mental health is something that becomes overlooked. A lot of times people think that just being physically fit is important. He was physically very, very active. You're very good in exercising and health. But if you feel too overwhelmed or too stressed and you do not have somebody to share it with, or you feel like there is a negative situation that comes up, and you do not know how to counter that situation. You don't have the resources for it. And maybe you can build and you need to share it with someone who's confidential and someone who maybe doesn't belong to your family or your friend system. Then a mental health professional or a counselor can be a very good way. And one thing I think that all of us need to remember is that maybe some of us can be very privileged to have family around us and maybe friends around us who want to share these things. But a lot of times there are many, many people in the world who do not have a stable family system or a person who they can share these things with. So in that case, they will always require a third person who they go up to for the right guidance and they can at least understand the diverse effects of so many emotions that are being faced with us. And especially if I speak about the pandemic, that's when maybe the need of mental health also started to come up to the fore. Because now that people who are staying in and a lot of us will have their personality choices. A lot of us might be extroverts who like going out, who like meeting people, who like engaging with people socially. So they, of course, will feel a lot many emotional constraints of staying inside the house. Even for introverts, I would say they have a lot of boundary issues. They will want a lot of privacy. They will want their own space. They will want to communicate these things. And all of these things started to crop up during the pandemic. So this is maybe the biggest year where we've seen a lot of spurge in or mental health requirements or a lot of discussion around being sensitive or having a lot of emotional awareness. So maybe this is the right time where we can start to look towards mental health as being important because it's something which becomes overlooked simply because it's not visible in our physical body, something that is not noticeable. So we tend to ignore it. Yeah, so talking about the pandemic, and introverts, extroverts, as a whole, how do you think it has affected us mentally? I mean, I'm sure it would have affected everybody. We just haven't acknowledged it yet. So, right. 
So I think the pandemic, uh, I would say it's worked differently for different people. So I would not say it's been all bad for everyone because as much as I've come across people in the beginning, yes, it's something which is very adverse, something which is very radical, not something that we would imagine to be this indefinite because we still don't know how long it's going to last. Our plans are going to change accordingly and not everyone is comfortable with change. And that's important to understand because there are some people who can change with the situation that is coming along because they have a very good support system. Like I said, they might be privileged enough to have it. Some of us may have a very hard time staying away from the milestone things that are happening in our life. Some of us may have planned a farewell party. Some of us may have planned a lot of plans in the next year. We may want to take that trip this year. We may want to be a part of so many clubs. We may want to apply to so many things which have actually stopped us from taking those roles. So a lot of our daily patterns and our daily routines have been disrupted. So something as simple as our sleep patterns, our eating patterns, all of these have become erratic. And it's not just something that works for students or maybe children, but it's something that goes across even for adults and for even senior citizens. That even for them, adapting to something which is so diverse and something so difficult has been a long journey. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of progression for all of these things to come together. We need a lot of help and a support from each other during this time to understand each other's boundary. And let's not forget, I think, a very important point, which I think all of us have never been with is we've never stayed 24-7 inside our houses. That's the first thing. All of us have had that time of going out, whether it's on the weekend, whether it's alternatively, whether it's meeting our friends daily. So we have always had that time to at least face-to-face -face interact with our friends, our family, our peers. That has always given us a little bit of satisfaction. But the fact that man is a social being and even the most introvert of person. And I speak that for myself because I myself am an introvert, but I would still prefer going out and meeting people after 10 days of not meeting anybody, because that for me is a very long stretch of time. So when we talk about personalities, everyone I think is always missing that touch of maybe genuine face-to-face -face connection because it used to give us a lot of help and it used to give us a lot of mental energy that we meet our friends, we interact with them directly. Virtually, we can connect with a lot of ways. But during the pandemic, of course, especially when there was a lockdown, we've never stayed 24-7 with our families. We've never stayed with our parents. We have had to define our boundaries very clearly that maybe we don't need to sit together 24-7. We need our own time to do our own thing. Parents need their own time to maybe do all the chores. And we understand each other a little bit better also but it could also lead to a lot of fiction because there might be a lot of families who may have issues when it comes to conflicts or maybe discussions around few topics, which may come up every day. So not every person is capable of handling those things very well and they need a person to talk to. So I think it works absolutely differently for different people. Some people have taken it very positively. And in fact, some of them have said that, okay, it works for them because maybe it's given them more time to heal or it's given them a little more pause in life because there may be people who were overworking themselves when the pandemic was not there. So they have actually taken a break. They have taken a back seat and they've calmed down and they've created a new routine for themselves where they're focusing more on exercising, focusing more on health, focusing more on eating right and creating a routine on yourself. But I think in a word, all of us have had to self-regulate ourselves too many times when it comes to the pandemic. Because we have to change our emotions. We have to make sure that we communicate it well. 
we are staying with the same people so we have to ensure that we don't get into conflicts every day and we have to find something that creates a boundary which is private also and also at the same time it's acceptable to everyone in our family yeah that that makes sense so not everybody is able to change as fast as maybe somebody else so what would you rec- recommend like what should they do what are the steps they should take how should they proceed uh i think the first step to recognize and to acknowledge anything is just to first accept the fact that maybe you're not able to deal with something well or you need help that's the first thing because the moment i also say to myself that okay i think maybe i'm not able to solve the situation it gives me a little bit it gives me a sense of disappointment that okay why am i not able to communicate this to my family why am i not able to solve this problem so reaching out is super important whenever you feel that you're in a state of doubt whether it's reaching out to your friends or whether it's reaching for professional guidance i would personally recommend that maybe your friends can give you a good support system in the beginning but maybe after that if you feel like you're not able to deal with something and you want to share or understand your emotions better speak to a professional person and reach out to them it's not something that makes you vulnerable or weak that's something which is a perception that has been going on but i think all of us at some point or the other need help in one way or the other we go to a doctor simply because we are not feeling well or we don't look well even though we know that okay we can just pop a pill and we can just take crocin and we'll be fine but we still go to a doctor for second opinion because we trust them to be a professional similarly whenever we feel like we're in a situation and we're in a pandemic or we're in a lockdown or in a negative state of emotion where we don't understand what's happening with us go to a professional and reach out that's the first step accept that maybe we need help and take that help and take that leap forward towards helping and don't worry about judgment coming from people around you because that is something that unfortunately is going to be there so that's a perception that might stay but we need to be strong enough to help ourselves first the second thing that i would personally recommend to anyone is taking a time out that's also super important so not rushing into decisions and not trying to compare ourselves with everyone so in the beginning of the year a lot of challenges came up a lot of people were working very hard in creating those challenges whether it was a tiktok challenge or it was a coffee challenge which was fun in the beginning but i would say personally getting into a mode of maybe being very competitive with your friends if your friends are doing 10 things at a time you don't need to be the person doing that if you are comfortable doing one thing at a time that's absolutely fine there is nothing wrong with it every person has a different pace of working there might be one student who might be working on 10 things at a time and they get all the 10 things done that's just how their pace works you might be a person who prefers to work with maybe two things at a time and that's absolutely okay staying at home or staying differently in the house 24/7 can have different effects on different people so no need to panic and compare yourself with anyone it's not a race it's not something that you're rushing at another thing but yes having said that the third most important thing will be creating your own routine because like i said that even if you like to pace yourself well create a routine that works for you if you think that that's a routine that's going to be productive take a time for maybe sleeping take a very good time for leisure take enough time for resting and for eating so that you don't miss out on your daily routine also as part of your maybe school or college or work we were all going out and we were all traveling but we still had a fixed routine every day which was given to us in that manner create a routine that works for you 
And on the side note, I would say maybe indulge in hobbies that actually excite you. Virtual meetings, webinars, online courses, something to do with music, something to do with dancing. Anything that interests you, you need to take out time for that because that's going to be your personality development through the year. Because that's something which we might miss out on if we are not meeting so many people around us. We are not experiencing the experiences of other people. So start sharing and maybe start listening to what their side of the story also is. So look up online, go online for a virtual course, go online for a virtual webinar, and you will find many links that are available, whether it's a part of a TED talk, whether it's a part of a YouTube channel or an Instagram forum, you will find many, many talks that might appeal to your value system. So it could be something as simple as video games or sports or something to do with music or dancing, anything. But whatever suits you as a hobby, which you did work on, try to pursue that at least indoors or try to at least follow up on what is happening in that arena. Keep yourself updated. Do not detach yourself in thinking that maybe this is the year where I take an entire pause and time is going to stop. Because let's remember that time is not going to wait. It is still going to go on. So even when we come out of the pandemic and even when we step into the real world, we still will be stepping into 2021 or 2022. So that's not going to change. So everything around you is going to adapt to it. There are going to be changes and there are going to be concessions, but they are not going to be something that's going to give away that this year doesn't exist or it's a zero year. That will not happen. So maybe we need to understand that and we need to make ourselves more connected with people around us. Virtually, webinars, seminars, maybe attending conferences, maybe going for online activities and clubs, that's going to keep your energy going and keep yourself productive during this time, right? So maybe these are a few things that we can practice. And of course, the last and maybe the most important will be just look around the news and be grateful. That's super important because when we see the news channels, the moment we see that, okay, children don't have maybe, let's say, mobile phones, they don't have an internet connection, we get very angry at very little things. So even when there is a technical glitch, we immediately start getting very flared up that, okay, five minutes away, gone, and we can't attend a class. Two minutes away, gone, we can't complete our work. And we start throwing a tantrum because that's just how we are. We're so conditioned to having, having these things around us. But what we forget is that this is an year of change. And a lot of children are struggling with one device. A lot of people may have only one device, which has a very low network, which doesn't work. They may not have access to a lot of basic things in life. A lot of people have been losing their jobs in the pandemic. So maybe trying to remember whatever we are grateful for and just thinking that, okay, maybe it's not all bad. Maybe I can work on this. I need to calm myself down. This is just a technical thing. I can get over it. Because I think one thing that the pandemic has worked on is that it's made us more empathetic. So even as maybe teachers on the other side or even as students, I think both ways we've been a lot more empathetic towards what other people are facing. So that's one thing we can all work on collectively as a whole. Yeah, so the first point you brought up was to admit to yourself that you need help. So I would like to know, when do you admit to yourself? Are there any symptoms or is there a certain manner in which you behave when you should know that, okay, I'm behaving like this. This means I need help. Okay, so I think it's a good question because I think this is a very diagnostic question because a lot of times I've noticed that a lot of people end up self-diagnosing themselves. So they automatically will say that they will come up to me and they will say that, miss, we think we are depressive. 
and it comes from a very clear fact that they've already researched what depression means and they they've already searched it on google and they've had 10 sites which they visited and they simply match their symptom to that behavior and they think that this is how we can clinically present ourselves so in my view i think whenever you feel like people around you i think the few signs that you can start thinking that maybe i need to seek out help will be first of course will be if you have an erratic sleep and an eating pattern and by that i do not mean something which is going to be temporary or something which is going to be over the weekend if you have an erratic sleep pattern for a consistent amount of time which is at least maybe 2 to 3 weeks then you might feel that okay maybe this is something that's not working very well for my body if you're losing energy which you never used to do before if you have a lot of fatigue if you feel very tired constantly in doing things that you enjoy especially the things that you enjoy for example you used to like dancing before you now have a webinar for dancing and you don't feel like attending it after maybe one or two classes that could simply be because you're not interested in the online medium but chances are very high that if you're actually interested in dancing and if you genuinely like it you will be keen to learn about your interests more so whenever you start losing an interest in certain things around you that's maybe a sign that's telling you that okay maybe i need to relook and i need to think about what's going on so a loss of interest is a very important sign that a lot of people tend to ignore that we're just simply lazy or today we don't feel like doing it but you're feeling if it's staying like this for a longer time maybe it's time to think and relook on it also another very important thing will be do not overuse certain terms also that's very important for everyone because a lot of times children end up and people end up diagnosing and calling themselves as having a lot of panic attacks we feel worried so we start feeling like okay it's something which gives us a panic attack and it's anxiety and its disorders anxiety is absolutely normal being worried about things is absolutely normal till the time it's not disrupting your daily activities so if you feel like you're not able to concentrate on a simple homework that you were doing maybe very easily before if you were writing one page and you're not able to complete that one page or that five page assignment simply because you're thinking of something constantly then that means that it's actually disrupting your daily life so if it's disrupting your daily routines then it's a thought that needs to be looked into and it can be anything to do from maybe a career choice it could be your choice of college it could be your choice of maybe friends it could be your parents it could be your families it could be anything or it simply could be your self worth you might feel like you're not pro- productive throughout the year and you don't feel like starting anything so anything that is disrupting your daily life anything that's disrupting your sleep and your eating habit and a loss of interest whenever there's a loss of interest for more than 2 to 3 weeks in something that you enjoy it gives a very clear sign that maybe the child needs to speak to somebody about it or they at least need to get to the reason of it because for me personally if i enjoy let's say a youtube channel and my favorite would be i would say maybe i enjoy let's say a scoop hoop channel or i watch okay tested or i watch a particular blogger and i suddenly stop watching that blogger or i realize that okay i would need to maybe not watch youtube for a while i can do that for a break i can do that for maybe one day two day three days maybe a week but after a week i will want to look back at something that i enjoy i will want to take that break but whenever we feel that okay maybe we are not wanting to go back to youtube at all we don't want to connect with anything or anyone that's when we start isolating ourselves so isolation is maybe the first sign where we are starting to think that we are detaching ourselves from things around us and we need to start introspecting a little bit more at that time 
but yes avoiding wikipedia and google would not be the right way that's only something that maybe people can use for reference but i would not suggest people typing in their symptoms and simply going and understanding it as a disorder because google can immediately link an anxiety disorder with something as difficult as maybe having a tumor or having a cancer it can go to that extent right so don't over generalize it and don't overuse it because it's a little exaggerated also online so instead of self diagnose diagnosis maybe reach out to a professional and they might simply say that it's just something to do with anxiety and it can be worked up over maybe one or two sessions maximum you don't need something prolonged and again mental health one more thing i'd add is that it's not something incurable a lot of times people feel that okay once a person has gone to a counselor forever they will have that tag that okay this child had gone to the counselor in maybe this particular year or they had met with the counselor or with the psychologist and they need help even today not true there are so many times when i've met people only once or i've met people only maybe two or three times and after that they've simply gone on to lead their lives and they've done very well they've been very independent so it's not something incurable or something which is impossible to cure so that's just a perception that a lot of people have but yes diagnose yourself maybe at the right time notice your body notice your energy levels notice your interest levels if you feel like they're dropping that's maybe when you need to start thinking and maybe looking into reaching out for help i would say yes so another question that was asked was now that we've been home we've been interacting on social media a lot more we've been looking at the news has this in any way impacted our mental state i think tv i think television definitely has a long role to play in this because i think most of us got most of our information through television only so whether it's watching a news channel and even when i talk about news channels that's not a personal belief but something that i think all of us understand that even news channels work for and against government policies also at times so they will give a news which might be inflated it at times to the number of cases or sometimes they might just give us a news which is extremely optimistic both of which i think are not really true so we should be very very careful in the kind of content that we are actually consuming because if you are watching the news television and it says that okay tomorrow covid no longer exists we need to be careful that we need to watch a series of news channels to actually confirm the same news so it can't be one particular channel having said that that's only about news if i speak about maybe the television shows and the kind of media that we watch today so ott platforms have largely i think come up majorly i think throughout the year because there have not been any live televisions or anything that has come up so most of our channels and most of our shows have been around whatever we get served on netflix on amazon on hulu and so on so we end up just consuming that content directly and a lot of teenage shows and a lot of adult shows also come up which show mental health in a very different light they might end up showing things like mental health and substance abuse to be very very closely linked may or may not be true because mental health will not necessarily mean that the person will end up in addiction but i've personally seen a lot of shows like euphoria queen's gambit and so on which will immediately link substance abuse and they will have something to do with depression or with anxiety and they will just link those things together because they feel like children or people or especially young adults will relate to it more so even when we talk about teenage shows or even when we talk about television shows or movies they represent mental health in a particular direction which is very scandalous they will want to create it to be more theatrical they want to create it to be more dramatic which is not how mental health actually is 
there are good shows that will maybe represent something which is real so maybe a show or maybe a movie like let's say chichore spoke a little bit about suicide awareness it spoke a little bit about mental health then there was a movie like dear zindagi which came up last time which i think is a good movie to talk about therapy because it speaks about therapy in a very common sense that everyone needs to go up in case they need help everyone needs to reach out so that kind of content is fine but i think we should not influence ourselves in thinking that whatever we see online is not how it's represented in real life so it's almost like having that issue of real versus real so always think on those lines that maybe this is just something which is a dramatization it's not something that actually happens in real life in every person's life the way they deal with things when it comes to mental health the way they show disorder the way they speak about terms like obsessive compulsiveness being an ocd having anxiety having anorexia having self esteem issues it's good that they are touching upon these things but i think the solution and the therapies for it are usually not shown in a very positive manner they usually shown in a very dramatic manner simply because they need the audience to start engaging with it they only are doing it from that point of view they are not actually trying to portray something very real so i think take your pick very wisely when it comes to maybe watching the shows it's all up there for everyone to consume and to watch there's nothing that we can do about it we can't stop children from watching it but yes if you believe that that's something that is true maybe that is where you need to draw a line that maybe just watch it with a pinch of salt that okay it's something that's there something which is on screen it's not something that happens like that in real life at all counseling and therapies work very differently in real life it's something very personal something in depth and something very confidential it's not something that goes out in public so often as clearly shown in the movie movies or the television shows i would say yeah yeah so the last question we spoke about how if somebody need i mean when somebody knows that they need help and you spoke about maybe how they can go to friends so maybe do you want to say something about how the friends should react to be supportive or how should they handle if their friend is in need okay so i think a good point there because i think a lot of times we also forget about the fact that even the support system needs to be mature enough they also need to know how to actually empathetically listen to what the problem is and maybe not give their own advice they can maybe simply suggest something very very simple as relaxing something as simple as talking to them sharing things with them sharing their feelings sharing their own experiences so if i am a listener if somebody comes up to me as a friend and says that they are feeling anxious or they are feeling very depressed my first reaction would be to simply lend a listening ear to give them an empathetic thought and maybe to tell them that okay have you tried few of the things and these can be very simple things so have you tried to maybe work on your sleep pattern have you tried to maybe go out have you tried to do something differently if that if the person has already tried all these things and yet they are coming to you as a friend and they are sharing that this is something that doesn't work for us then i would personally suggest that maybe the friend the best thing that the person can do is maybe suggest that okay would you like me to accompany you or maybe both of us can maybe seek out professional help and i can help you with it and i can also accompany you virtually if you want so if you want to be there virtually for your friend and now of course since the lockdown doesn't exist you can always have the liberty of going and meeting with that person face to face and getting to know more but my person's recommendation would be keep whatever the feelings the person is sharing confidential because that's ethically very very important so if your friend is sharing something with you never directly go up to a counselor or a therapist and simply start sharing what they are feeling that's never to be done 
always take consent of the person that okay do you want me to share it otherwise if you feel that okay this person is not going to seek out help just ask the person directly as a friend that do you want me to speak to a counselor on your behalf simple as that if they feel comfortable with it if they feel that okay i don't want to reveal my name i don't want to get into the middle of it share my thoughts and then i will step in do that as a friend so just be there for the person be confidential be empathetic do not be little and don't put tags and judgments to it do not start thinking that okay maybe it's depression even if you know that okay it's depression even if you know that it's something to do with anxiety even if you know the name of the disorder do not start using those terms in front of that person because then that person will start automatically using that term even in daily life that okay i am anorexic okay i have this disorder i have anxiety i have so and so so i think over tagging is something which we need to stop but as friends we need to reach out to them empathetically listen to our friends carefully do not pass a judgment and do not break the confidentiality that's important and maybe in the end if we are not able to handle it if we think that okay maybe it's getting a little too taxing because i do understand that as friends we only have a certain bandwidth after a certain point we also need our own break we also need that okay we've listened to it we've given recommendations beyond this point we don't have anything more in that situation always always tell the person that maybe i can recommend somebody for you or if you want that i can maybe look up a counselor or a therapist therapist for you would you like that and would you want me to speak on your behalf if you're not comfortable take consent and chances are that if you approach it this way your friend will not feel too threatened about sharing these things and of course respect their boundaries for maybe not wanting to share it because a lot of times children don't want to share it with their parents they don't want to share it with their families or with teachers and that's fine they simply want to share it with you because they want to vent and even venting is a very good beginning to something which is to do with acceptance so it's something which is a good step which i think all of us should always welcome as friends and as support systems yeah that was very helpful thank you very much so do you have any closing comments anything you would like to add that we missed out i think uh, nothing i think i simply want to say that i think whatever you watch whatever content you consume whoever are the people you are speaking to it's important to realize that your support system are going to make you or break you that's one thing which is super important to know and if you do not have a support system find that strength within yourself to maybe support yourself and keep yourself productive in whatever manner you can so you do not need 100 friends you can even have one friend or you may not even have friends that's absolutely fine but as long as you're productive as long as you're optimistic about something in the future and you're executing your work well if you're executing your tasks then i think you're on the right track as long as you're not complacent about it and you know you've not given up do not think of this year or this entire situation to be a zero year that's something i would not recommend but yes think of it as an year where you can pause a little bit and maybe if you had 10 things to do just maybe narrow it down to maybe two or three things but do them to the very end complete those tasks and be proud of yourself that's super important when it comes to mental health yeah thank you very much that was very helpful and i'm sure everybody is going to appreciate it thank you kushi thank you so everybody that was miss ashima if you have any follow up questions please you can let me know in the comments or you have our contact information you can email us and we will get back to you thank you for watching and if you like us please do like this video and subscribe see you on thursday